So welcome to today's podcast with Real Life with Pamela Lau. We are here today, uh, Rob and I, actually, with two young men who are both still in their early 20s. one is graduated from college and one is about to graduate from college. And I'll let them, we'll, we'll introduce them in just a little bit, let them tell you um, where they're from and, and kind of what they're doing, what they're doing in the next few months with their lives. But one of our purposes today is to listen to why their faith matters and the journey that got them to where they are now and how their spiritual lives were formed by the activities they were involved in, uh, the way where they went to church, and their families. So welcome to our show today. So um, Lane, why don't we start with you? Uh, Why don't you remind us uh, where you were born and raised and tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So Pam and Rob, thank you for having me on here. So I was born and raised in Golden, Colorado. I grew up in the mountains, so at about 9,000 feet, so way up there. Uh, I grew up, I have a younger sister who's about a year and a half younger than I am. And so we are extremely close and that kind of resembles my whole family. We're just extremely close to the four of us with both my parents. Um, grew up, I've played baseball my entire life. So it's really been shaping to kind of who I am and taken up many summers and many, many hours. Um, so I just decided actually this year that I'm not playing baseball anymore. And so I've been fortunate enough to play the last three years, but it's just time to kind of move on to different things and, you know, dreams and goals change and going all in on that as well you're moving along your yes, path okay yeah all right and so welcome josh you Hello. want to tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from yeah so i uh, my name's josh thank you guys for having me on here so i i grew up in napa strong christian home uh, parents both christians grandparents on both sides christians um so everything was was great there no divorce nothing of that sort younger have younger triplet siblings so james john and elise uh, you know, 18 months younger than myself. So very, very wow. tight. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, very oh, tight, tight home. So it was a, it was a, a great deal. Tight. Um, yeah, but just graduated from a, a, a Christian school with a biology degree, hoping to go to dental school in the next year and a half or so. So I'm currently studying to take my dental admission test or retake and, and improve the score. And once that's good, then uh, we'll be set for the next step. Okay. And... You also have a kind of a big event happening as well. In yes. January. Yeah. Your daughter, Michaela, and I, we're engaged. Yes. We'll yes, you are. Yeah, I guess that's kind of public. <laughs> that's yes. true. Lane, going back just a second, you sure. um, didn't mention where you're heading after you graduate, by the way. Sure. So right after school, I'm going to Goldman Sachs. I'm starting in New York City. So I'll be working out there. So he's already been offered a job. Mm-hmm. and has accepted, accepted. it yes yeah Strong. and you are yes. you have two semesters basically left yes so you got a job spring. a year before you graduated yes fortunate i mean that's just the way that they do it and so they've it's very early and so all the recruiting for the entire company is already just passed pretty much for the role i'm going into so um yeah that's very fantastic. fortunate to know yeah, yeah. and that's that's a gift mm-hmm. it is a gift all right. So you both know that we've been talking a lot about spiritual formation, you know, how faith happens and why faith matters. So I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, so have you been a Christian your whole life? Um, you said, you know, both parents are Christians. I mean, so, I mean, does that just mean by osmosis, Josh, you are a Christian or can you tell us a little bit about your early years? A little bit. What was that like? In a, in a sense, yes. So grew up, grew up. Uh, parents were very involved in my life, siblings' lives, and uh, that the Christian virtue was very much instilled in us at a, at a fairly young age. Mm-hmm. Um, fostered through going to you know Christian conferences over the summers or you know during during weekends, breaks, whatever it may be. Um, then we were very involved in our church, and then schooling was still Christianly oriented. Small Lutheran school, preschool through eighth grade, even pre preschool was Christianly oriented. So. A very, a very strong uh, Christian influence in all different areas of life. But you up. didn't end up there in high school, did you? No, I went to a public high school, right around 18, 1800 student campus, very involved, and uh, was able to be a prominent Christian leader on, on the campus just in a number of different facets. So it's something I'm sure we'll keep talking about. We are going to talk about this on. in yeah, a minute. Sure. Because um, just from our conversation before, when you went left high school, very involved in leadership, and I know that you were in sports, 
in that then you went to a Christian college mm-hmm. um, and I just want you to say like maybe one sentence about would you say that encouraged you in your Christian faith or did that what 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 happened there just a sentence or two because I want to go by the lane and then we'll come back yeah yeah a lot of a lot of transitions so looking back on it now definitely a journey definitely a blessing to be able to go through those things having gone through the the Christian education in college mm-hmm. I can look back on the time in the in the public high school environment mm-hmm. and see how I was able to be shaped and really grew during that time um, that growth was primarily fostered through um, being in uh, not not a unitary not a, not alone being in that environment but having having a small community but being in an environment where Christianity wasn't the norm mm-hmm. it fostered a, a desire to be the unique one to um, be that change on that campus that Christian change on that campus mm. that's interesting yeah so mm-hmm. let's come okay. back to that in just a second because Lane what your journey's different but similar in some ways so mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about that sure so I grew up my mom is a Catholic mm-hmm. and my dad is a Lutheran Okay. That's their faith. And so my parents decided early on that they're going to raise me Catholic. Growing up, I went through catechism class and got confirmed about once a week for the last eight years before mm-hmm. high school, honestly, growing up. And so I personally had a different journey, I think. It, growing up, the Catholic faith, I never felt like it was my own. And mm-hmm. I felt like it was always kind of forced on me a little bit. And so I never took ownership of that. And I never mm-hmm. accepted it. And so I would say, personally, growing up, my senior year, I didn't really have a relationship with God. I didn't feel that as much. Mm-hmm. I was harder for me to question. I didn't feel like there was always good answers. And it kind of was just like, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's maybe I could have had a better attitude towards it, but I didn't, I didn't accept it and say, this is how, like, this is my faith. I said, this is the faith that's been kind of put on me. Mm-hmm. And so came to George Fox University and had to kind of relay that foundation, mm-hmm. to be honest, and was very fortunate. Freshman year was difficult for me, and but just being in the environment and being in that community definitely Let fostered. me interrupt just Go a ahead. second. Why was your freshman year difficult for you? It's a great question. I think it was a combination of I had a long-distance relationship that was difficult, um, wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep. We got up at 6 a.m. to work out completely on my own again um, from, you know, from Colorado and Oregon, trying to just figure out life, you know, like easiest classes, worst grades, um, you know, just kind of that common theme. And I had to take a step back and surround myself with people that really supported me and in the community. And so I was fortunate enough end of my sophomore year to meet someone here on campus who really just invested in me mm-hmm. and said, not only do I want to, I'm not preaching to you, but I want to do life with you. Hmm. And I want to build you up and I want to encourage you. And so I was very fortunate to do that. And I was able to actually ask questions to him and challenge my faith and say, like, why is this the way it is? You know, who actually is God and all this kind of stuff. And he was just such a strong man in his faith. And he just kept investing in me. Hmm. And so I really had to relay that foundation. And now I call it my faith and it's my own faith. And now I'm able to build on that. I got a question for both of you guys, and so I want to throw it out first over here to say, um, when I hear you talk about high school, mm-hmm. it sounds like you, the high school culture was not your tribe. Like, you saw yourself as somebody outside coming in to influence. Mm-hmm. And so I was really curious, from both of your perspectives, mm-hmm. what was the tribe that you identified with as a high schooler, or did you identify with the tribe? So I was I had my hands in a number of different things in high school. I was able to be student body president, or I, freshman class, sophomore class, junior class president, each of the three respective years, all student body fourth year. So a lot of my identity was wrapped up in that. Um, from a religious standpoint, I knew that I was there to um, be sort of a voice that wasn't really represented on the campus. Yeah, we had the Students for Christ Club. Yeah, we had you know Christians that were. Christians that were teachers on the school, but, you know, things are, their messages are muted, all they can do so much, right? And conversations are limited in that environment. So being able to be a student um, who had those convictions, I knew that I was able to walk into a situation and freely talk about uh, certain items or, you know, whatever Christian theological topic it was in an effort of, you know, promoting a change. Hmm. And, um, because I mean, you're getting you're getting every walk of life um, in in that environment. So being able to promote that message, a Christian message, um, to someone who may need, may need to hear it, you're making lasting impact. And there's such a great opportunity to do that in that environment. Um, it was something that I really 
felt like I wanted to do. So um, I found a lot of basis and influence through the through the positions on the high school campus. Yeah, it's high school, you know, whatever. It's small stuff, but still, it was influenced during that time. Socially, a lot of friends in water polo and swim. That was really where I spent a lot of my time, and uh, just a lot of uh, great things happened there. Uh, the religious group, or the group that I just spent a lot of time with, was it was primarily based through a number of youth groups in the area. Hmm. So I went to a couple different churches and was invested with a number of different youth pastors and had a lot of different outlets for questions and mentors and things of that sort. So it was really varied, hmm. um, which is why I mentioned hands in a number of different buckets. So but, it, but so if I hear you right, you, you saw yourself as a Christian um, among non-Christians yes. to some degree, and then you were associating yourself with Christians to make an influence. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. a number of Christians like uniting together. Okay, on the on the public campus. So so Lane, for you, what mm-hmm. how did you identify? Um, you know, what would you say was your tribe? I think it was harder for me to identify with someone. I think you know, as an athlete in high school, and didn't I wasn't you know Josh came in very strong Christian and kind of influenced his environment. And I think mine was more, my environment influenced me. Hmm. And so I definitely didn't, I wasn't in control of that. And I didn't realize how much it was shaping me until after I left and I got here where the environment is just so much different. Can you give a little more example about that? Like, what do you mean by your environment influenced you? Yeah. So I think it's, it's your beliefs. And so their beliefs are, let's go get drunk or let's, you know have sex with whoever or it's all these things that seem cool and seem normal for a high schooler and all these things where that's just that was the environment I had no one that was like you know let's go to church on Sunday morning together I mean I did with my parents yeah I was just gonna say I did with so. my parents so it's different like I feel like I just <laughs> you know I was I was ignorant to be honest a little bit you know I didn't have that mindset of you know, I thought, oh, my parents don't know anything, right? I was like, oh, my parents don't know anything. Like, they don't mm. know what's going on. And so I I was like, I know. Like, I know what's best for me. Like, they wouldn't understand. And so, and they were the most generous, the most supportive, the most, like, just amazing parents. And looking back, like, our relationship is, like, we've always had an amazing relationship, but it's just grown so much because we're able to have now have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I realize how much they're influencing me. But, I mean, I just, I was definitely shaped by that environment. And then I come here where the values and the beliefs and what's cool is just seen as so much different. Is that right? Yeah. What was it about your upbringing that made you just identify yourself as clearly other on, because you both went to public school? So, you know, Josh, you came in and you were just like, I'm clearly other than these kids. Hmm. What, what was it about your upbringing that made you feel that way? I think I really just embraced the idea of being a leader. Okay. Right? So, and this isn't something I learned until like midway through high school, but I really feel called to a uh, big influence in Christian leadership hmm. and what that looks like. And we're still figuring it out, like working through some Christian nonprofit stuff and just other little venues in dentistry. But, um, in high school, I just, felt like I had this natural calling to, you know, stand up and let's just see who we can influence today. So you're like a leader, but why a Christian leader? I mean, there's all kinds of leadership opportunities. And I mean, another one that was given was Lane's is like the the BMOC, you know, the big man on campus. Um, but you, you were like, let's nah. focus on what's eternal. So I mean, okay. like business leadership, you know, it's great, but yeah, you're making money for today. You're not making money for eternity. Right. So if you can change someone in the present and have it be eternal change, I would much rather take that. I'm just wondering, like you're in high school and you're, <laughs> and you have this perspective, which well, is not common. Yeah. And I'm just curious, how, how did you have such a strong identification with Christ? Like you said, I'm going to be a leader, but I'm going to be a Christian Later. I'm going to influence things eternally. So how did, how did I, that come I was about? different. It made me different. Okay. So, and that's this is one sort of dissonance I felt at the school I went to, the, the Christian institution. For college. Um, for college, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else had a Christian belief, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you can. everyone can talk the talk. Everyone can recite X, Y verse. Everyone can pass X, Y test to get, get a Bible mm-hmm. degree or minor or, you know, just class. Um, whereas in high school, you didn't really have that. So I, by talking those things, it... it gave this sort of unique identity and fostered more um, desire to to walk into those things. Hmm. So when those conversations did come about, um, it led to just 
you know, fun, fun topics could talk about people's family life or their upbringing or what they actually believe. Had a, had a guy named, uh, Jabbar. And I remember it like one of the last days in school, he and I talked about the differences between Islam, Christianity, and why you would go with, with either routes. Like, I mean, I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I knew more than him. <laughs> and I thought it was just a great, great way to talk and learn. And so, you know, so they're just ways to influence. And I sure. just, it gets me excited. What's so. really interesting to me is both of you are called to be influencers. Like, you know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. a popular word today, but I mm -hmm. really like you, you have said several times in our conversations how you know that you're going into to work in New York you don't know if you're going to be there but you know that ultimately you want to lead and influence people's lives am I right yes and you have said the same thing basically mm -hmm. and yet isn't that interesting that your upbringings are different you both seem to have a strong sense of self so I wasn't going to let you ask Lane the next question but I just think it's interesting that they're both having a similar it is it is and it seems like you had two different church experiences mm -hmm. um whereas you clearly lane did not seem to identify yourself with your church even though you respected your mom let's mm -hmm. say and your dad um josh you on the other hand seem to have been immersed in a christian lifestyle that you kind of lived and breathed and it was just like a part of you mm -hmm. and there was no question that oh yeah i'm going to be an influencer but clearly a Christian influencer. <laughs> so that was just really interesting because one of the things Pam and I are investigating is why do people leave the church? Um, young people. And what are they leaving? Um, and so anyway, just seeing that we have like the tale of two church experiences, the tale of two different mm -hmm. youth experiences. Uh, of course, you guys both end up coming to a similar place. Mm -hmm. But I, I and you, Lane, had talked about you connected with this person who sort of lived the kind of faith maybe you were looking mm -hmm. for. Is that mm -hmm. kind of how you saw it? Yeah, I would say he kind of instilled in me that it's okay not to be perfect. And more hmm. than anything, like Christianity is not about you know following rules. It's not about checking boxes. I mean, there's a there's a reason why there's rules. And there's did you a reason think it why. was? Did did you yeah, have a? I, I kind of okay. did. Yeah, okay. I kind of did. I thought it was. You know, you have to do these things and you go to heaven, which mm -hmm. is just. Maybe I had a bad experience too. I saw people that would go to church and do all these things, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, I my best friend that is, not an atheist, but like doesn't go to church, is a better person than, you are, and you go to church every single Sunday. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of living it's like there's people that can go to church but there and there's people that actually go to church and are there and so i feel like actually being involved and that was the big thing is this this mentor this christian mentor on campus here was the reason why he just invested in me and he did life together and he was like it's okay like let's let's i he came to where i was not where like and he he saw who i could be and like he called me up to be that you, yeah. that, can I just follow up on that? Please. So this concept of coming to you where you are, were people not doing that before in your life who were Christians? I would say they didn't know me. Like they, I just, they didn't understand where I was. Mm -hmm. I would say they didn't understand where I was. You know, no one ever asked me. Did this, this guy you're talking about, did he know where you were? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He did. He definitely, like we kind of drew that, we grew that trust. And like, he didn't come out with me like, this is the Bible and this is what I'm preaching, but this is like, let's do life together. And like, I believe in you and like, you're a friend. And mm. like, I don't see you as a, as a lesser, but I see you as an equal. Mm. And like, let's do this together. And like, we're in this together. It's really interesting because it sounds like he, he was recognizing that you're both on a journey mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. he was inviting you to join the journey yeah. with him. He was inviting me on the way. Hmm. We, you and I oh, talked about this. On the path. Yeah, on the path. Yeah. But Josh, yeah. I know that that your college years were a different experience. Is that true? Overall, vastly beneficial. Right. I would I would say that I did not put nearly as much time into chapels or into Bible classes as others. Um for a number of reasons. I wanted to keep the science GPA high and, and invest time into the stuff that would get me into grad school. And I mean, yeah, Bible minor is great, but it doesn't get me into grad school. If anything, if anything, it, it works against me. So I, I would just say he, uh, it sounds like Lane kind of gets onto the path. He joins the journey at some point. He goes, mm -hmm. wow, somebody's invited me mm -hmm. to join this journey, which is the Christian faith. It sounds like 
you're like born on the path. Your whole family is walking down, doing the journey. And that that's just kind of like your reality. Is that sound accurate? You're, you're on, yeah, you're on the path right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the right path. Yeah, there we go. There yeah. we go. Um, it's a little more than that. So, okay. I mean, you have, you have your family and then you think of all the people that it takes for one to be successful. You have a tribe, a tribe mentality. You have five people here telling you to do one thing, five people here telling you, you know, something similar and you're able to kind of uh, accumulate all these ideas and make an informed decision to make the next step. It's like a, it's like a deep mentorship relationship mm-hmm. as he was just discussing. But, um, and if, if I just go back through the years, I can think of like five, six, seven names of where they were mentors who were just partnering with me. I could text them, could call them and in whatever venue it was. They were informing a lot of these decisions. A lot of those people came through church. A lot of, th- a lot of those people came through uh, the Christian camp that I mentioned a little earlier. So familial, big part of it. Um, but the social mentorship so the older folks who are just willing to, you know, be like, I know you're a 15 year old kid, but I see there's potential in you and I'm willing to invest in you. Wow. So wait a second. You had older people approaching you as a teenager who were outside of your nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they were just saying, let me invest in you. Let me give you some uh, guidance here. Yeah, it was. I mean, it just it's imagine like a very nice grandfather or someone just willing to walk alongside you and say, oh, I, I can see you have some good questions. Like, let's just keep talking. And I'd love, and we just, you build a friendship through it. Okay. So, so Lane, um, did you ever have somebody in your life cross your path like that? Not really. Until, I mean, until here. Until My here. parents were some of the most generous people I've met, kindest hearts, but it just, for some reason, it didn't equate for me to my religion. And how we because it's mom. I don't know. It's just like mom and dad, gracious and kind. And like we had, you know, my catechism teacher. Like, I mean, it just it was like I don't know. Like I I can't even I can barely remember what she would talk about because because like that was my mindset. Because you were that I was just not I was just going through the motion and like not engaged at all. It was like a time for me to see my friends. I just think it's so interesting, Josh, that like of all the examples you chose to pull out in telling your story, you didn't whip out your parents. You you, you literally talked about people you didn't even know mm-hmm. who were Christians who got to know you and, and decided to turn to you and invest. Mm-hmm. At, at, now that you guys are adults um, going to church, does this happen frequently to you? Josh, like for you? Do you have people like still stepping... Pam's telling me to tell, tell the truth. Well, I haven't been to church in quite a while. Oh, okay, good. Well, we'll get to that <laughs> yes. in a minute then. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> okay, putting good. it out there. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But what about what about you, Lane? I would say the churches I've been to are getting a lot more engaged. And the churches that, so Red Rocks Church, for example. In Colorado. In Colorado. Mm-hmm. So by far, hands down, best church I've been to. And what makes it the best? So part of it was just, these felt like normal people, like I want to hang out with you. Like, these are cool people. Like, I want to, I want, you're leaning, you're saying that to you're, Yeah, like, okay. you're leaning into me. Like, I want to lean back into you. And so, you know, the worship was so engaging and it was, you know, very, it's not traditional at all. It was very, like, rock concerty. But I love that. Like, I just, I absolutely loved that. that and you it was too, just, you like that? When you question why people may or may not be leaving the church, I think of, I'm not going to say denominations, but I think it's, I think of a boring church environment repelling young folks hmm. they think of christianity and church as being in, in just i'm sitting through liturgy reading this back and forth mm-hmm. and i oh, hate Lord. this i'm gonna have to have our church uh leaders one. hear this one yeah. we're we're actually talking about this at our church but continue please yeah so i mean but it's right it's right along the same same lines so when yeah. i when i see friends who were in the christian environment who were really willing to go to church like you know they love they love this you know rah rah type of church music and then this pastor's getting up there and he's really getting people's faces <laughs> right saying so, but but uh-huh. people are, are actively listening they're actually actually actively getting something out of it and then when you're able to throw in a deep theology with that you know that that type of crazy mm-hmm. environment <laughs> yes yes, yes. People, oh. people grow oh. but i and i mean and I'm i was talking about old yeah there you go <laughs> but i was talking to my dad about this a couple days or yeah. yesterday even prepared like figure out what the heck this was going to look like this talk he and i were discussing how church repels young folks because of the the mundane nature oh interesting Mm -hmm. now now lane you also though said that the people were normal Mm -hmm. um is this normal the way you just described josh in the way that lane is talking about like are the people there in your view normal versus the people who are at like a more mundane church seem not normal from your perspective 
I haven't really thought about it in that, okay. in that framework. So, I mean, I, I well, maybe may, maybe Lane, you could kind of tell yeah. us what a little bit more about normal. Sure, I, w- I would say by normal, I mean they mean relatable. Okay. Like they have a family and they, you see their real life. And so I guess maybe the whole point of this is that I kind of took a step back and said like, why am I so engaged with this? You are abnormal because most young men your age don't do that. Taking a step back, I said, why am I hearing their message so clearly? I would leave and I'm like, why am I so encouraged? And it took me the fact that no, I look back at my life and no matter how good the message is, if I'm not engaged and I'm not willing to listen to it, then it doesn't matter about the message. Mm-hmm. It was like, it That's has good. to it has to like prep my heart and it has to open my heart to be able to actually receive it. Mm-hmm. And then if I can receive it, then it just magnifies how well the message is. Like mm-hmm. growing up in the catechism class, it could be the message, the best message ever, but I don't remember. Like I, my, my heart, heart wasn't, wasn't open. open. Yeah, mm-hmm. my heart wasn't open to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's how do you prep people to get the message and receive it mm-hmm. and really understand it? And I'll play devil's advocate a little bit okay. because same thing at Red Rocks Church. These are very good looking people and very cool and funny. And, you know, you read these persuasion books. I'm not saying they're trying to persuade you just because, but like, meaning I'm, sa- I'm saying charisma this. Is they, they have yeah. charisma. That's a, that's a great way to put it. And they have charisma. Are they winsome? Winsome? Of, what do yeah. you mean by winsome? So winsome are basically attractive sure. people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Power. Yeah, their, their, their personality yeah. is attractive yeah. and engaging. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're cool. But if they're giving you the message, then that's the whole point, right? Is to go there and receive the message. And a part of that church mm-hmm. as well is that they're really big into like the community groups. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't, I got plugged in too late to actually be in super involved with those. But even the churches here, they want you to be involved in a small group setting. Because when you go to church, it's so big. I could be there but I actually am not there, right? And I'm not actually listening there. But in a group of five or 10 people, if you're not paying attention or you're not actually engaging, someone's gonna call you out. Someone's gonna notice that. And so you actually have to be involved. And so that was a big thing is they want you to join in the community and they want you to so, be there. So I got a question for Please. you. Um, how, how important is it that you're noticed at church? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and, that was one thing I would always think about in the church setting in school when we were in college. I was I would much rather, um, rather than drive an hour to go to like this this pumped up church and be in community, I would rather just watch something online and mm-hmm. then once that's over, just study, right? Or go back to the library as soon as it's open at twelve, hmm. right? Rather rather than spend a whole afternoon or a whole morning. Um, okay, so that's super interesting. Pam and I have been talking about this. So, what is church? in this setting for you a church i mean we look we talked about this in acts right i mean the church it's it's a vibrant community you're not you're not just seeing christ through the message you're seeing christ through the body and the interaction uh, through those mm-hmm. conversations and you're able to sharpen one another and that's that's real there's real meat in that and it's mm-hmm. real value um but i think you start to lose part of that when you aren't in um, as Lane was mentioning, you're not in that environment. You're not really invested in the community, and that's that. I was more in the uh, more on the periphery when I would go to church. I'd get in, mm. get out, so I could go back to school. Mm. Right? I wouldn't wouldn't talk with people. Wouldn't really get to know people. Yeah, sometimes people popped out here and there, and like, oh yeah, you could, we could connect. But it's not like I would spend extra time outside of a mm-hmm. Sunday morning if I did even go to connect with them when they did make that effort. Uh, are you at any time feeling some sort of loss? Yeah, this is the, yeah okay so the the church my parents go to is super old and they will die off in 15 years you can do the math now huh yes we, and we know of uh, other churches we know that are of like other that. churches like. because and and the reason why they're not growing right you you have you have the the elders not wanting to change and conform their old ways to cater to young kids but then they try to mitigate the two and then neither party is happy and then you're not growing at all and then you're losing both sides so mm-hmm. it's a debacle you're going to see throughout the nation right and that's something we got to address uh, nationally to, mm-hmm. to keep growing the church and get young folks back involved, which is when we get into the discussion of, you know, getting church more exciting or having two services, whatever it is. Right. Um, but my parents go to that church. So that, that old group and it's like, yeah, I love walking in and learning from the savants. They've been there for you know, 50 savants. years. And they, they know, they know their Bible, right? That's all they do in right. their retirement. They just read the Bible. The rain men of, um, <laughs> But is that the church I want to go to every Sunday morning? I don't want to fall asleep during the worship. So I don't go. Okay. So, and I I just... You want the truth. I'm being honest. Okay, but but let's let's just back it up to your situation at college. Because you had other options to go to. 
you could have gone to the rock and roll church that was you know getting you pumped up but you decided you know i'm just gonna watch a sermon online and go do my homework if i even did that if you even did that so so that was kind of like the locus of my question was when you were doing that did you feel some sort of loss or did you have church in a different way i would prioritize getting into grad school over going to church okay because my my goal starting with a bio degree i look at the value of graduating with a bio degree very minimal until I get into grad school. The full the full value of the degree is not realized until I get that next acceptance. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to be able to make $300 an hour at, with a bio degree as compared to a DDS, DDS degree. Mm-hmm. So I made the conscious decision many days to not go to church and just take the time to make sure the GPA was high. Mm. Not give the hour, not give the two hours, not give the hour during sermon to go out and be in community. But we you were, also uh, were going to chapel. We were going to chapel. And yeah, sometimes those were great. Sometimes they were just complete duds. But you would just get it done to get the credit and walk out. Right, right. Same with the classes. Like the I mean, the theolo- Yeah, exactly. The theology classes were great, but you'd go in to get the grade. Keep the GPA high, GPA high. Learn a little bit. Learn learn what you wanted, and then get out. So I know the school that you went to, and where it was there myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. did you feel like you were kind of getting church at school, and that's why you felt like it was okay to pass pass over it mm-hmm. for a time? And then, uh, so what what is your response to that? Definitely so. Okay. And the the uh, what you'd receive out of it is definitely what you put into it okay. so you could go and go and just invest and talk to professors and learn as much as you possibly wanted to but that would take time and extra effort so depending on what one put in they could get out of it. and then you, you graduated that. yeah and now but you don't go to church i'm gonna go every so often okay yeah i, sh- I should go more but w- do you feel like you're missing anything i feel like i'd be missing something if i went back to the non-old church Okay. So the, the, the larger churches with the small groups and the, the active active groups, um, just lively groups, um, very transparent groups that are more so my age, mm-hmm. then I feel like I'd be missing something. Okay. Um, but I'm still on the path of get into grad school. Just knock it out, get into grad school. So I'm... <laughs> Do we need to do an intervention? I, I right think there's now? a Bible verse about this. Man. I think yes. there is. Maybe two. There yes. might be. <laughs> I, know. There's, there's, I know. That's why I said, if I'm being honest, I'm going to get no, ripped totally into fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, um, so what we're trying to kind of get at and figure out is like, um, what is church for the new generation? Mm-hmm. How do you understand it? And then um, how does it meet the needs of the new generation? You know, this emerging mm-hmm. generation of people who doesn't see church. I mean, there seems like there's a line of demarcation, mm-hmm. like between, mm-hmm. you know, Pam and I are what, Gen Xers. Like, we just Gen understood heart. church a, a certain way. And millennials and Generation Y is Z. 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 Yeah, Z. Yeah, Maybe sorry. Millennials too, yeah. are Generation Y. Yeah. Um, they just have a totally different perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do they? Maybe even, Lane, what do you see around you, your peers? What do you see on this campus? With church? With church. Like if somebody says, hey, let's go to church, mm-hmm. what, what are they even talking about? See, I think I get excited about it more um, now. Personally, I think it's the way that I'm looking at church now. And I see church so Kind of in the past, I've seen church as something you go to Sunday and then you go all week and you do life and then you get back on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's not what God was intending. I think God's intending church as a way, as a tool to kind of build up your faith for the next week and like for the week following. And so church more as a tool to come together with believers and grow that community and be encouraged to now go live the gospel and go live life out in real life yeah like you had mentioned this to us it. before yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can yeah. can we ask josh so do you see church as a tool it's well i mean if, if we're to call it a tool it's a critical tool okay so it's it's absolutely necessary to, to walk the christian life i remember a, another conversation a guy named eric in high school he's like well i don't see the need to go to church he was a christian but he didn't feel like he needed to go at all i said well you need to be in the body like i remember distinctly telling him that you need to be sharp what does that mean what others. does that mean, yeah. that mean? that's yeah. exactly right the body doesn't sound like a tool it sounds like <laughs> no i'm curious because yeah, i don't like yeah. we always hear the body like what does that actually mean i never got to explain that really oh, what well, does it mean to be in the body that's a good question for yeah. the apostle paul <laughs> 
who mentions it <laughs> in almost every single <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll bring him on. But maybe you could expand a little bit more, uh, Josh, on this instance that you're talking about with your friend. With a friend. Well, so, it, I mean, it's just in principle saying, okay. you know, get into church, right? You're missing you're missing so much if you're not in church. And I'm probably sound hypocritical you, when you think about <laughs> the last thing. I'm about to talk to you yeah. out in the hall. Do yeah. What, say, are, you, what are you missing? Do. What do you feel like you're That's missing? Right. Good question. You're missing the fellowship. You're missing the conversations. You're missing missing the the weekly you know mm-hmm. nourishment of whatever mm-hmm. whatever the topic is. So so yeah. getting back, let's just touch on this. What is the body? I think you're missing God, mm-hmm. because the body is God's body. Hands and feet are His people, right? So He's speaking mm-hmm. through us. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you're not in church, you don't get that definitely. part of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like you experienced it, yeah, Lane. Definitely. The body walked up to you and said, join me in this journey. Mm-hmm. And, and it's unexpected. That's the thing about the way God works. It's unexpected. He's not a formula or a tool, I don't mm-hmm. think. He's a body. If it's a body, that means it's alive. Yeah. It's not dead. That means that it's organic, right? Mm-hmm. And that the body doesn't lie. Well, what Rob and I are finding out is that the body is hurting. I mean, it is, it's, I would say it's in trouble. You're the doctor, Pam. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying the church is the body or God yes. is the body? Well, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, so yeah. yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, the Apostle Paul would say that the church is the body. Christ is the head. Christ is the all head. of us have a part mm-hmm. in the body, mm-hmm. and no one part is more important. They're all vital, exactly. but yeah. they are different. Yeah. But that you need all these parts. And that yeah. you would not know who you are, your true identity, yes. unless you were a part of it. Because what we're seeing is we're seeing so many people being, oh, I'm so lonely, I'm so confused, I'm on some other path, when in actuality they're talking as if there's some elbow sitting over there in the corner. That's why they're so lonely, because they're not, they're actually not meant to live like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's like a body part looking for a body yeah. to make sense of its of, of its existence. So yeah. we're the body, we're the body part. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And which is why we feel so much more complete. Like when we have these conversations, like you and I, Mm -hmm. like when you and I are having conversations, we're like, man, that was so good. Mm -hmm. Well, it wouldn't have happened by just watching one of us talk online. That's right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. uh, So, so like I think. Satellite church. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, see, satellite churches work when people are together Together, and then there's something going on Mm -hmm. between them. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think sometimes what gets missed in church is that there's one person talking, Mm -hmm. people listening, and then people leaving. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know? So if you guys were to say, yeah, if you guys want to fix the church, Hmm. here's the place that you need to start. Where would it be? To fix the church. Because, yeah. I mean, I'd say... To, to heal, get, heal the body. Yeah, heal, the, heal body. the body. Heal the body. Where would you start? When I think of body, think of a human body. Mm-hmm. So think of what goes into the human body, right? Good What's What, you know, I can eat. Yes. I can eat. What good. is going into that What body? is going into the human body, right? Yeah. Think of it literally like I mm, eat. That sounds like a chapter. I sleep, right? <laughs> I sleep. That recovers my body. Mm-hmm. Like what are these things? Recovery. Yes, mm. recovery. What are these things mm. that if the church is the body, what are the things that nourish the body? What are mm. the things that heal the body? Mm. And so, I mean, personally, the way that I've looked at the church, like I said, is that tool and that tool to kind of build us up and build mm. us up into God, God's image and kind of preach that and encourage that. And so I think of these other tools and these other habits, like the habits are what's gonna shape us. Mm-hmm. So your habits of your body, mm. right? The habits of what you consistently put in, if you work out, if you treat yourself well, then that's, then the habits that formed that are gonna form a good body, See, right? I, it's gonna sculpt that body. I, I feel like your generation would actually really like the Bible. <laughs> because it's nourishing. Yeah, but it what, a lot of nutrition. seriously, like mm-hmm. exactly what you said is what the apostle Paul said. I buffet my body, yes. right? Yes. I, I exercise, and then exactly. he gets boxing analogies and stuff like that. Now, I'm curious: do people read the Bible? I, I see. I didn't. I grew up and barely read the Bible. Okay, I'm just getting to the point as a senior in college where mm-hmm. I'm just starting to read the Bible consistently, and not just reading it like here's a verse, but saying here's a verse. What does it mean? It for you. What does it mean for me? I, I love like I love these pastors that come in and say, you know, this is what scripture says. 
this is how I interpret it, and this is how I think we can live out our lives. Wow. Based on what that scripture. Really good. Yeah. That's yeah. actually really interesting because I think people in our generation are so hesitant to talk about scripture. Yeah. Because they see, they think that younger people see scripture as just a set of rules or some authority that's trying to tell them what to do. Well, but, in all fairness, though, I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. I hear that the scriptures are not accessible. Yeah. So mm -hmm. whatever you just said made it accessible for yeah. you, whoever said that for you. But yeah. would you uh, maybe also out of date. People think it's out of date, mm, think yeah. it's fantasy. Mm. Like, like, this is a crazy story. That's just, yeah. this is uh, totally. made up. Oh, yeah. right. It goes back for to sure. the why, though, right? It's like you can have something, you can have some rule. Why can't you go just steal something? Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you the pork example. So one of my good friends this summer when in New York, he's Jewish. And I asked him, you know, why can't you do these certain things? Why can't you mix meat and cheese, especially on Fridays? Why can't you do that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he's like some smart people just assumed or said made up this rule. So I trust them. Mm. I think that's such a small portion of actual people like, you know, they have this rule and then it's never explained to them the why behind the rule. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we looking at scripture? That, I think what is it saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and I talked about this as well. The, you know, with the Adam and Eve story with oh, right, the apple, right. they're like, oh, so really a servant was in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like a serpent was there and saying, you know, yeah. eat this mm -hmm. right so a little serpent instead of saying we're not focusing on the serpent that's irrelevant it's what's the actual story saying well and why or, is, yeah why all of it's actually yes. relevant even to today i think that's the yes. you know like our ancestors gave us these stories and god preserved yeah. these stories yeah um because <laughs> they are actually true mm -hmm. maybe they're not true in the way that you want them to be or yes. think they but they yes. are true nonetheless yeah but like um, you said looking at not just you know the surface level but what does it actually mean right. i mean you you're the one that told right. me this yeah, yeah, yeah. like looking what is it actually trying to say yeah mm -hmm. like Absolutely. that's that's relevant but people will focus on so there was an apple. If you eat an apple, yeah. it's bad. Like that's not what he's trying to say, <laughs> right, right? right? That's right, not right. what he's trying to say. But then people will focus on that. But you think that people of your generation are just, they would be really interested in the Bible? Like what it actually means and what it actually says? I am. Okay. But you, you I are. Am. What about you, Josh? I am. I don't think others are. Okay. Um, I think we're the abnormality. Hmm. And I think we're going to continue to be the abnormality. I think we're going to become a smaller fraction of the population. So Lane mentioned, right, what, what are the needs? So I, I, he, so I think of the human body as the, the micro scale. We're focusing on what, is, what does the body need? What does the person need? Um, I think young folks need a lot of community. I think there's a lot of isolation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you can create community in church if you make it interesting and fun. Hmm. If you... And, and it's and not because church needs to be fun. It doesn't need to be fun. You mean it's not helpful. entertaining. Ex well... Entertaining, it I think, is helpful. Maybe is it bad? Engaging. Is it bad to be though. entertaining? Is it bad to be entertained? Like, ask that question. Is it bad to enjoy church? Like, is that a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right? Did, did you ever see the movie Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Maybe something like that. Yeah. It, but no, seriously, like, no, 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 no. yeah. But, but I didn't mean you, to cut you off. So Go ahead, Josh. But that, yeah. but that entertaining, whatever, whatever you want to call it, engaging. It's a different way to market Christianity. I think we need to market Christianity differently. Because if I walk up to a, walk up to a buddy who's feeling isolated, and they're like, I'm like, and we just say, you know, Jesus Christ died for your sins. You're doing X, Y, Z sin in a sinful way. It's like, okay, that's great. Whatever. We need to we need to market to people. And are we? Are we no, this is like, this is actually a really good example because, <laughs> like, yeah, you're like saying, here's some truth, and then you both leave and go into your own isolation. Yeah. Right. And then stew on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it needs, it needs to be an environment where you can pull someone in and it's like, oh, I really enjoyed being with this group of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're able to actually create life with them yes. through that. Yes. Mm. Uh, one of the ways. Create way life. That's an interesting phrase. Yeah. Cre well, Instead creating of life doing that, that life Christian life, together. Creating right? together. Life, which is yeah, yeah. Bonhoeffer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is yeah, Bonhoeffer. Yeah, life. Good old Dietrich. Yeah. So one I of the things I want to, I kind of, I, I really think this is important for us to keep listening to you about what you say church could be how the body could be healed for your generation because we do care deeply about that but how would you how do you think your peers would respond if if people like 
our age were to say, okay, um, we want to do a Bible study with you. We want to, we want to do, is that what you mean by engage? Because I think in my brain, the second you say that is I, I sort of envision the church I go to and I invite all of you to come and we go through the sermon. We go through our, we have a hundred voice choir, you know, all these things. And then afterwards we go to lunch or maybe not. Where is the engagement at in church? I just I'm kind of I need yeah a you get help your hour that. worship right. and preaching right. and then what happens? help me help me wrap my mind around that I don't think it starts in church I think church like is on more, Sunday and it doesn't start service. on Sunday it doesn't okay. start like it doesn't come start to on Sunday. I That's wouldn't say I would say it doesn't start on Sunday at least my experience mm-hmm. it started with this mentor on campus we have this 6 a.m this guy walking yes. into our life 6 a.m baseball practice and he's showing up and working out with us so we're like he went out who is this guy Right, he went outside of the church to bring him in. Okay, so right? what did he do though? Like, how, what did he bring you into? Was it is this like just, a one-on-one relationship? Or so it was. It is now. It is a one-on-one relationship, but it was more like he was just. He's a friend, mm-hmm. right? He came out and the individual guy. He knew all our names and he knew our story and he was encouraging us, mm-hmm. right? And we just saw this guy. I'm like, what? Forty-five-year-old, fifty-year-old guy is out there working out with a bunch of twenty-year-olds, right? Right? But he didn't take you to church. He didn't take us to church. But and he, he still but he still is yet to, yeah. He didn't take you to church, but he brought you into the body. Yes. Mm. That's good. It sounds yes. like he almost transformed your tribe. Yes. He like walked into your tribe and mm-hmm. took it over. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's interesting because there's sort of a missionary evangelistic component to this, but in a way that's not what we would typically think of. It's almost like a relational evangelism. Relational, definitely. Okay, mm-hmm. that was his, that's one of his strengths. Is like, yeah, he can show us what he's a visionary. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. visionary, definitely. definitely. And yeah. he's a he's a he's a real, like he's very good at relationally. Mm-hmm. Like he's very good at leaning in to you. And I just I always go back to like he meets us where we're at, mm. right? And he meets us where we're at, but then sees us for what we can be, and mm. like sees us for what we can be, and so it treats us that way. As well, well, that's very similar yeah. to Jesus, right? Isn't very, it? I, I would that's say crazy, it sounded huh? like Jesus, the way you yeah. talked yeah. about that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Powerful. He, yeah it is powerful. Mm-hmm. What would it be look like for you to be engaged? Yeah, because it's kind of outside of that one hour. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? Well, mm-hmm. I think for the college student, that's difficult, right? Someone who, someone, when I think of someone in my position who's like trying to get into a grad school or trying to get to the next step, they're not going to offer that extra, or there's a low likelihood that they're going to offer that extra hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it is during the week to go out and hang out with someone, right? Or to go off campus, go get lunch, or go go to a Bible study, or you know, run a Bible study, whatever it is, right? I think that that available time is unlikely, but that might not be the case for everybody. Um, so I'm sure there would be many who would do that. Um, but if those times in church or those uh, relationships, friendships, uh, times of community in the church building before and after service and worship together um, lead to mentorship opportunity where you, it's just a texting relationship or you guys call us and hey, you know, or even if even if you're talking to someone when they're in their lows or the, the now mentor is talking to this youth during the low, there's big inf- influence there. Hmm. And I, th- I think when we talk about this marketing, when you reach someone at their low, whether they listen to you or not when they're in their highs, but if the, if you if you impact them at their low, that is gonna that's gonna lead to lifelong mm-hmm. change. So let's mm-hmm. say they they were not were or were not following your advice, right? You know X Y Z, you know morality, Christianity, whatever whatever it is. Um, they're like, hey, I'm feeling really isolated right now. They're able to reach out to you and talk, and you're able to bring in that positive light. Mm-hmm. You know, being Jesus in mm-hmm. that moment. That's what's gonna change the the young folk totally over the long run. Totally, whether they're busy or not in school. Mm-hmm. So Josh, I agree with you. Um, I think it's yeah, definitely leaning into that. I I want to challenge you though. So you grew up very strong Christian faith. Yes. And we're always told put God first, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm just curious from your perspective. Do you feel like you made this studying for school maybe more important, or like was that maybe was that more important than like God and like going to church and like practicing that? I'm just. When I think of, when I think of at least myself and my peers, I think, you know, like what's really important, you know, people might think, oh, school is so important. Mm. School is so important. Reading this book is so important. Getting ahead. And that getting ahead is so important. And that's urgent. 
that's very urgent. And yes, it can be important to get ahead and to yeah. get where you feel called to go. It's very important that you have great grades. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, what's most important? And I think for us and what the Bible preaches is like, it should be God first and everything. And I struggle with this. I definitely struggle with this. What are you gonna say? I totally get that mm-hmm. a million percent, like it's clear as day. Mm-hmm. And by, by getting into this next step, I'm looking for international Christian leadership. The nonprofit, so the nonprofit, and I won't, I, I won't mention the name, but the goal of our nonprofit is to offer medical information, psychiatric information, dental mm-hmm. information to those that are walking through their lows. Um, and if you're able to do this on a national, international scale, you are able to make big change. Mm-hmm. And that but DDS. He's asking you about personal. Well, yeah, personal, but I, like, I know, I know I'm good. I know I'm going to be pursuing Christ as diligently as possible. Um, may not be doing that now, but I know I'll be. I'm in the building, right? I'm in. I'm in the buildings, right? But Josh, walk, you're totally getting into this next step, there is there's going to be there are going to be a lot of lives changed. I know that's what I'm okay. walking into. Oh, I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. Let's start out. So, yeah, you feel like maybe you knew that this is important, and maybe you felt like this is where God's calling you. So it's not like you're ignoring God, but maybe yeah. because you didn't go to church during this time, church didn't help you feel like you were getting close to where you're called does that sound right that's fair that's fair because i knew i had the i had the mentorship around me i had i had the spiritual mentors i had the the spiritual professors i had the friends who were walking walking similar paths Mm -hmm. would adding church during that time have been helpful absolutely did i make that commitment to going to church no would it have been helpful yes Mm -hmm. Do you wish you would have? I, there were a lot of great churches around us, but at that time, or when I was in the in the moment of like busyness or whatever it was, I just didn't think of making that extra extra effort to well, go to those things. And it sounds that it sounds like from what I hear you saying, Josh, is that the church doesn't anticipate your situation. Yes, and that. and that's what I think one of the mm. challenges of the body mm. is is the body doesn't anticipate that Christians are going to go through certain phases mm. or certain situations, mm-hmm. like you were alluding to. The idea that it'd be great if there were other people in your profession who are Christians Mm -hmm. who could be coming alongside you as you go through this particular, uh, and why isn't there, right? And so for those who are dentists out there who listen to this, here's a gap you need to fill because you're not the first Christian young person but who's going to go through dental school. But are we suggesting that, you know, the historical church of the ages should be bending its, its way and its approach? But didn't it? I mean, that's kind of, I, I think oh, I my, 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 uh, my comment is that it seems like it did. It mm. seems like what the church did is it anticipated life. It anticipated. Yeah. Well, just like you said, mm. if you look at the body, what the body, if you're looking at the church as a body and how the things mm-hmm. that go into that, you're going to scrape your knees sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But the body so how does your how do your body that, yeah. respond yeah. to that? Right. And how does your body anticipate? They don't mm-hmm. just ignore that, yeah. right? If you look at that sense, I mean, there's going to you're going to get sick, you're going to catch a cold sometimes. That's I'm not saying I'm not relating your like no, going to that as like catching yeah. a cold, but like there's things where you're going to go through phases in life where it's not just a completely healthy body mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard. So it's like, how do you, like you said, anticipate that? Yeah. And it, and it seems like from the conversations we have with younger people and even people of our, of own, our age, own age, um, yeah. that the church is, doesn't anticipate a lot of the things that are happening right now mm-hmm. in people's mm-hmm. life, particularly isolation. Yeah. The church has not anticipated that most people are feeling isolated Most. so alone yeah, yeah. So very alone. alone well i very think this good. has been an excellent conversation yeah. and i thank you both for opening your hearts and your minds and your journeys and i'll look forward to having you on in about a year and a half when you're both that's right in another right. place so mm. thank you so much yeah well thank, thank you, you as well it all starts with asking the right questions mm-hmm. so that's you could ask a great question get a great answer so thanks pam and, and rob and josh thank you guys truly